Hey everyone, welcome to episode two of Stacking the Chase. This is Ryan. And this is Kyle. And we're here talking about all sorts of fun stuff today. Fun stuff like... A lot of pressure on the regionals events coming up for a lot of new players that are just stepping into their first big events. And obviously this being one of the first big events in the United States. So that's really exciting. Um, we're also going to cover some rulers. We're just going to be doing two to five every week. Just cover a couple rulers, what we like about them. Especially with new sets coming out, you can you can talk about what cards go into them, what make them better. Yeah, and then we're also going to be looking at some decks to look out for while we're at regionals. So we're going to start off talking about one of my personal favorite J-Rulers, uh, Snow White and Bloody Snow White. She's gotten a little bit better with some of the cards spoiled in the next set. Uh, little Red, Hope of the Millennia. Has discard a card with Apple in its name, and this card deals 1,000 damage target Resonator. There's not a whole lot of Apple cards, though, but one card that maybe could be playable would be Apple Bomb, or Clockwork Apple Bomb, rather. On its own, it's a little unimpressive. It can it allows you to trade up, but it just gives you another Apple card that you can just pitch. Yeah. So it, it makes Little Red a lot better, and yeah. Little Red's obviously going to be in this deck. Right. It turns it from being Apple Bomb to being some weird standby card into 1,000 damage target resonator. Let's kill that. Yeah, okay. That one's dead. Mm -hmm. Board's open. I can swing. Uh, besides that, though, like Snow White, I think she's really cool. She's kind of a unique color combination with white, uh, light and fire. And she's really easy to pitch when you have the poison apples. You yeah. want to find a way to recur them, because if you pitch it to Flipper, then you don't really have as many to abuse with her on the other side. Um... Which is kind of saddening, but playing the new Little Red allows you to abuse more Apple cards, which is kind of nice. Destroying a Resonator is very good on her flip side, but Little Red doing a thousand damage destroys almost any Resonator, which is huge. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, and Bloody Snow White has a really... Her other activate ability is also really unique. You tap her to rest target J Resonator, which is something I don't think is really any other card does. J Resonator is a huge part. Yeah. It's a ruler. Like, this game has... There's like a... A power difference between a lot of cards that say J Resonator and Resonator. Just having that letter J, just being able to interact with these very powerful cards makes yes. them huge. Uh, I think one downside with her, she's a human. She is a human. <laughs> so Joan Flips is awkward, yeah, but a she's a thirteen thirteen, which is also it's like it's, it's she a blocks weird everything number. that isn't Blazer, or that isn't uh, uh, Meth. Sorry, yeah, but she can just kill Meth. So like, she trades really well. Yeah, like... Like, she's a huge beater in some matchups. She's bigger than Joan. She's bigger than almost anything you look against. And if they have an Abdul, you're just like, okay, cool, mine's bigger, 13. <laughs> and even at, even while she's rested, you can still just start killing their creatures with apples. Yeah. Like, worst case scenario, just leave her back and have her up to tap down your opponent's J-Ruler. Yeah, and you draw, you're like, all right, tap that, untap, kill it. Yeah. Like, you just look at some of these matchups, and her, her ability set on the other side, though undervalued... Being, like, target attack is just huge. She can mm -hmm. just attack at anything. She's a 13-13 target attack. Like, that's very good. Yeah. Um, and with new cards coming out that are more rewarding for her, it makes her feel a lot stronger. I agree. And, I, I mean, we'll probably see other, like... There's going to be other Apple cards, I right? hope another Apple card comes out. Um, but I hate the fact that the, the stress on her backside is just Poison Apple. You can only discard Poison Apple. Unless they do... Make a card that reads a different name, but in your hand is treated as Poison Apple. Yeah. I've seen that in some other games, and that could be a very cool interaction. Maybe it doesn't have Apple in its name to make Little Red over the top having three very powerful Apple cards. 
but it doesn't have the word apple in it, but it allows you to discard poison apple because it's treated as that in your hand. Yeah. There's like, a lot of things they can do. One thing I've seen with this set, with this game is that, like, after a set comes out, they kind of abandon some... They try like, new stuff every set. Yeah, but they, like... Same with, like, Dracula. Mm-hmm. So they drop, like, oh, there's a bunch of vampires in the set, and then we're not going to release another vampire. Yeah, well, because if they print another vampire, like, blood-sucking impulse can just go crazy. I know, but like, I just feel Laura like... Laura on 2 is good enough by itself... Just having more good... Yeah. Oh, it's like, oh, yeah, I have to go get a Carmilla. Oh, wait. It's a Carmilla. Like, they can't be like, oh, here's this five-mana 12-12 flyer that whenever it does that much damage, you gain that much life. It not saying... Not, it's, not, it's not easy. It's not hard to kill. I'm not saying you gotta break the game. I know, I understand. Just some other interactions with, like, They've got good early drops, but I guess... Black doesn't have a lot of top-end cards. Like, obviously, Meph is four, but it doesn't have six drops. But yeah, I understand true. what you're saying. Well, with the Nobunaga? Is that how you say it? I don't know, Vine Golf's got a six drop, I think, that everyone Oh, loves. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Um, the next ruler we're going to swing right into, it's a weird change, is a Grimia. Yeah, Because Grimia. that card's playability is all over the place. You can play any color. Like, you play white, and you're like, okay, what other colors do I want to play? You play red, you have uh, First Lie, so you can yep. aggressively flip her. You play black, you get Whisper of the Abyss. And black, I think, is a little bit better. Black can be better, but red has dual truth. Let's just play red, black, light. You... You'll hear me say this many times in the current meta, or format, if you want to call it that. If you're not playing green, you can't play three colors. Everyone's like, but I can just gain enough life to dodge split. I've been at 42 and tapped out with this deck, and the guy just went split, split, and I died. <laughs> it's I'm like, they just sand, like you don't need to play splits. They're just like, all right, well, sandbags, he splits. Oh, if he, if he doesn't have any untapped stones, he loses. This game's fun. Not not trying to say that like splits over the top. The card's very good. Yes. You have to play around it, and that makes them that makes playing the game a little weird. But it just it makes you respect a card, so you have to build differently. And I, I kinda like that in a in a format. Um though its power level is very high. Yes, it for is. For two. But I mean you can get around. Like I I uh, some guy we play with regularly just like he plays Abdul, and even though he's got green in the deck, it's like a black based Abdul, and he yeah. just like stops at four stones. Mm-hmm. And he stops, and he's done. He's like, oh, okay, at worst, I'll take 12. Yeah, he can play all his best cards. Yeah, if I can't counter it, that's not that much. Yeah. And with her, just, like, aggressively flipping into Ragnaroks is just so good. But, like, my favorite part about this card is, yes, you have to play the white, but you can play anything else around that. Yeah. And that's, I love it. You can play a Prince package. Like, playing Gardia in the deck is very good, because then you go get um, either Feetsing or Almeris, and then you're like, oh, it has flying and can't be targeted by stuff. Almeris in Grimia is fantastic. Yeah. And I've actually been playing Grimia recently and I board into Lumia with already having the Almeris in my deck so I can just oh, flip Lumia go. super early. I've actually never played Almeris in a Lumia deck. Really? Except for this one where it's out of the board. That's funny. Because I don't like the one white stone but with with Grimia it's just too good. You go, alright, here's 15, untap, now it's 20 flying. Thunder you, you're dead. Okay. <laughs> like, that's cool. So she's, she on one side... Uh, Grimmy on the other, Pandora being the other side, sorry. Yeah. Is just, she's she's awesome. One of my favorite cards. Uh, the whole, there's some interesting interactions with her in the other weapon addition, J. Resonator, Bullet of Envy. Bullet of Envy's huge because you're lower always, so you can just be like, oh, here's an 18-18. Right. Target attack. You I think it's so life, funny. But if you're attacking into rulers, you're attacking into, like, if you're attacking into a blazer, like, just go get bullet. Yeah. It's gonna, blazer's gonna exile itself, you're not gonna gain life. Yeah. Might as well just have a bigger card. Like, um, I think playing... I mean, if you're in red, I think playing one is totally fine. Yeah, that's fine. And I've yeah. seen some blue decks play the uh, Apollo Sphere. 
that's the that's correct. I don't think that one works because it's not a weapon. Oh, it isn't a weapon. That is no, no. Because it's, it's not. Oh, it is for a weapon. I'm someone cheated or yeah. We weren't. We were just kind of testing. Either someone cheated because like I thought that too. I'm like I'll just play Apollo Sphere. Oh, because it's a treasury. Yeah. Not a weapon. Yep. That's stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there wasn't a radar early on. People that don't know on Grimio. It used to say attach the J- addition J resonator to a resonator. Just a resonator. It was supposed but... to be that card, and the card didn't actually do anything at that point. Yeah. yeah. But that got instant errata the second the card came out. So, like, that that question's been out of the way for a long time. Uh, her pay one white to give her swiftness and target attack is... I've actually never used the double white. You know what? I've used but it's it... another interaction with J resonator. I've used it huge. once. Once? Once. And it won me the game. Like, yeah. my opponent didn't know what to do. Like, he didn't realize that was a thing. Mm-hmm. At least you can attack, especially if you're on your third Ragnarok. Um, before you can even do any blockers, you tap your other two and kill them for 15. Right. You push through 15 damage if you have enough. You're like, oh, I guess I'm just going to win. Or oh, grand, cool. anyway. Like, And when you're playing more cards like Bullet, because Bullet's so easy to just put on a card. Yeah. All right, you have more life now. Okay, get rid of these Bullets. Yeah, get no, rid it's of these. just done. So that's really, really, really cool. I've seen, too, a couple games where people did, like, the players of Grimia forgot that you can banish an addition. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, oh, I guess you just lose. No. Because you can just do it on your opponent's turn. Yep. Oh, you declare attackers, tap blazer, tap meth. I lose five. It's way better than losing 26. Yes, it is. Well, I don't know. Sometimes it might. Stop. I'm done. <laughs> All right. So that was a fun little J ruler bit. Well, more next time. Maybe. We'll be going pretty deep into a lot of the rulers. That's why we're trying to cut them a little shorter. Yeah. We go, we'll talk about as many things as we can. And we probably won't spend too much time on, like, popular ones like Grim and Abdul. Everybody knows how good those cards are. Yeah, I don't, we don't need to tell you, like, oh, Abdul Zero ability stops everything. Cards just, just read it. Yeah. Next, we're going to be talking about regionals prep. Now, we're not just talking about your decks. We're talking about the whole tournament experience. So, if you're coming from certain games and you have a highly competitive background, like I do, coming from a couple games, I've done this many of times, but for some people, it's their first. We're bringing a couple of people along to regionals that have never done this before. So I was thinking about it. I was like, this could be kind of a scary experience for certain people. You're not in your normal town. You're in a different state. You're at you're walking in and seeing 200 other people playing for the same event. So we're not going to talk about just deck prep, but we're going to talk about tournament prep as a whole. Right, because sometimes you're just a small town girl. Living in a lonely world. Yeah. yeah. And you just took a midnight train. Going anywhere. But... Uh, some of the big things to focus on, and I've seen so many people make the simplest mistakes. Get your deck and deck list prepared the night before. I can't stress that enough. Have you look over it. Then you look over it again. And then you look it over for a third time, and then ask your friend to look it over it twice. Seeing people get game losses because they didn't prep their deck fully is... It, it's, it's saddening, especially being the person playing against them. Because you're like, I just got this free advantage because... My opponent was careless. Yes, they were careless, but I hate having that unfair advantage when I love looking forward to a good match. The other big thing is if you're getting new sleeves, which I always do for the tournament before, shuffle them for a while. Just sit and shuffle. Don't don't mash them. Don't go crazy on them. Keep them in good condition, but don't keep them slippery. Because I've seen people go to draw off their deck, and then the deck just spews out, a card gets flipped, that not only gives your opponent an idea of what you're playing, but then the judge has to come over. This has to be resolved. You can get warnings for looking at extra cards. So just be really prepared with your sleeves. I always get sleeves about two nights before, play a couple test games, put it in a deck box, and call it good. Oh, <laughs> nerd. 
It's just, it's a good prep. It is. I've, uh, and with the whole deck registration, I've seen people just, I've played against people that my opponent just like, oh, I'm playing, uh, five of this card back, or I wrote down five, I'm only playing four, but, you know, I just made a little mistake, and I just, like, I win the game, like, it's just Well, I've seen people cool. just play, like, let's say you're playing your one of your basic windstone. Yeah. They don't write it down. Game loss. Yep. It could be assumed, but if you're playing more than just green, and the judge looks at this, they're like, you don't have enough cards in your in your board. Or if you get deck tacked, and maybe you're playing that 11th land, so you can play two blazers late in the game, but you only wrote down 10. It's just, just look over it. I can't stress that enough. Yeah. The one thing I'm going to uh, focus next on is if you're day tripping it versus if you're going the day before and staying over. With Force of Will events, for the people that haven't been to a bigger one, and rounds being an hour, a round in total takes about an hour and 20 minutes. That is a long time. Coming from a Magic background, pushing over an hour for a round felt like a long time, but an hour and 20 minutes is huge. You're talking about a six-round tournament that takes eight hours before cutting to anything. Yeah, minimum six rounds. Minimum six rounds. Yeah. Eight hours. So if you're day tripping, that the strain on that day is so long. If you're driving up in the morning, because maybe you only have a two-hour commute, so you don't want to spend the extra money to get a hotel, which is completely fine. But you got to remember, you're sitting and playing for eight hours. So my idea is, is if you do get headaches from long days, Tylenol, things like that is a great idea. Um, bring water, bring snacks. I understand that like you can get things at the venue, but they're very expensive. And I've went through a day trip where I was like, I don't want to spend this much money. And then got in the car when we were going home. And I was like, I misplayed for the last four rounds. And I feel awful right now. <laughs> Mentally and just like at my own play. Yeah. So be prepared. Don't hype yourself up on energy drinks in the morning. Because you will crash so hard. Drink a lot of water. If you want to do like the Gatorade thing, that's a little better because you don't crash as hard. Just be prepared for that long grind. Get caffeine pills. Uh, you're going to want at least a six-pack of Monster. Uh, heroin is great. Uh, <laughs> but you won't be able to remember anything. And then... Um, oh, what's the last thing? I do coke. Murder a man. Oh. <laughs> That'll keep you going for a while. Nothing like that rush. Yeah, but you come down too hard. You crash really hard. You do, but... And the police could come. I think it's worth it. But all jokes aside, just prep yourself... Get good night's sleeps the night before. It's a long day. It is. Now, for the lucky few that are being able to stay over um, the night before, which our group is doing, get an understanding of, of, your, of your surroundings. It's a good idea. One, it helps everybody else that's showing up. But I like to walk around the venue to see where food is. Oh, I have 12 minutes left in the round, plus time. Hmm, I've got about 20 minutes. Where can I make it get food and come back? Things like that. Also, try and show up early the day before if you can and settle in. We're going pretty early in the day and just having that day kind of to relax to prep for the next day. I'm expecting this re these regional tournaments to be very long. Yeah. Especially because we're pushing the one day. That's a lot of forcible to play in one day. Like, the last big event we went to was Catterday, and that was... That took forever and a half. It was, it was a six-round tournament that took eight hours. Yeah. Um, one of our friends prepped wrong, and you could see him sitting in top eight with this strain. Yeah, he was. He didn't look comfortable. It's it's a long day. You will he crash. Just, he was just done. He's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And like a lot of advice sounds kind of like, oh, this is common sense or anything. Like that's what I thought too. Going to my first couple like magic tournaments because I come from a magic background, and then like, I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna drink like three monsters. I'll be fine. 
And I'm like, no, I'm just going to drop after round four. Yep. Like, you just, like, some sometimes you just get that, you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. And this event, your rounds are, your rounds are going to be long. Um, your rounds are going to be round? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm personally bringing some games to play in between. Not trying to, like, push games for you guys to buy, but simple games. Like, Love Letter is a personal favorite. It helps pass the time. It keeps your mind off of the game for a little bit. So you're not just, like grinding your gears on what you misplayed with what you did wrong if you come off a loss getting that off of your mind and helping yourself reset into the next round is huge i'm a big advocate of sitting down and not playing the game in between rounds yeah uh the one thing if you are staying over getting the sleep i guess this this counts for either getting sleep the night before always feels hard for me i don't know why i just i get excited like it's it is it's an exciting thing especially this first regionals i am so excited for it's like Christmas. You just yeah. Why why could I go to sleep? We're opening presents now. Yeah. Like just can we can just, we be there yet? Let's just start playing. Yeah. So like, we actually brought Zequel one time, and we all slept like rocks, and it was the best experience ever. So, just trying to get to sleep the night before always feels so. Just so buy fun. some drugs off the street. <laughs> all jokes aside, um, <laughs> tournament prep <laughs> is is huge. You just have to be prepared for that. Yeah. All right, for the next part, we're going to go over a couple decks that you're pretty likely to see at uh, well, regionals, but like any tournament, really. This advice, though, more for anything. Uh, one of the more popular decks, the one that's been top-eating a lot, is Grim. There's two different variants on the deck, uh, and they're both extremely powerful. But they they're... both do kind of different things. They play the best creatures, obviously, but one does one thing, and one plays another whole package, which is it's kind of hard to sit across from. Like, if your opponent flips a certain stone on turn one, you'll know what they're playing. Yeah. If it's a red-blue, all right, that's your odd Grim deck. If it's your red-white, it's your split Grim deck. Or yep. bloody Grim deck, sorry. Um, but they both can do different things. In the odd build, you have to look out for Dream of Wonderland. Yeah. Just being able to get that blocker out of the way to push through some damage can always feel huge. But that deck also plays top ends of Blazer and pushes out Etnas more often. Yes. And has a, I don't want to say a better one-drop, but an arguably better one-drop with March Hare. But it doesn't get the strong two drops that Bloody Grim can get. Right. And Bloody Grim also has Split Heaven and Earth. So if you're not playing a Cake Zone deck, if you go to 20, they can just be like, Split, Split, you're dead. Yeah. You can get Split out of the games in these matchups. It's huge. They both obviously play Thunder because that card is very, very good. Um, it's a little good. It's not bad. But Bloody Grim getting Telefairy Tale means look out for turn three Pipers. Um, Odd Grim will just play their one drops repeatedly. Yeah. And then be like, deal with this um so they're both very very strong decks both I mean, looking to do very similar things yeah green if you're playing green it allows you to have like cake zone and zeeks and stuff exceeds so you can counter the splits and you can counter the you know the blazers and whatnot if you're playing red definitely get a grip of rapid decays in the sideboard rapid decays against both of these decks is very very good like tinkerbell is like the scariest card when it's like a 10 uh, 10 staring at you why well, just people see people go tink and then Tink Hunter or Hunter Hunter or March Hare. Like, just two one-drops on turn two after Tink. It's like, oh, I'm taking six and this Hunter's punching me. Oh, I'm at, I'm at 31 and I'm drawing my second card for the game and hoping to yeah. get on two stones. So you, like, the nut hand in that deck is very, very hard to beat if you don't have your Thunders in your opening hand. Yeah, Nutter Butter is an odd Grim or Bloody Grim. Or they're, just, they're both just crazy. Yeah, it's like a six-pack of Nutty Butters. I've played both of these decks and just went, all right, one drop, one drop, one drop. Um, in Bloody Grim, you just go Telefair, Telefairy Tale into Piper, tap your guy, pressure you, untap, split, you're dead. Yeah. 
And then uh, in Odgrim, I don't think Odgrim's quite as fast because they play Cat. I don't think so either. But they have the top end of Blazer. They do. So you can just die it. If you don't hold up Cake Zone, or not Cake Zone, Zeke's, or Exceed for Blazer, like that card is so hard to deal with, they can just be like, all right, Blazer, go untap split. Yeah. A lot of these decks will just kill you with split because that card is very good. So I've seen a lot of people prepping and playing a little less of the dual stones, being a little less greedy. But with that, you get not as good of you colors. risk You risk inconsistent yeah. stones. Yeah. Which can screw you over just as bad as a split, yeah. really. The next big thing um, we're going to talk about is Abdul. But with Abdul, we always put Charizard because you either main one, board the other. They're, al- they're almost always together. Yeah. Because the, they're both just so strong. Um, in these green-based Abdul decks, boarding Charizard in some matchups is just huge. Yeah. Well, Charizard comes with like the strongest removal spell in the game so far. Yeah, just kind of. Get rid of it, get rid of all of them. I don't want to see that again. No. That's a nice Tinkerbell you got there. They're all gone now. Yep. So Plus, it gives you the, the added benefit of looking at their hand, mm-hmm. which is, uh, I don't think there's another effect like that in the game. Just seeing hand? Yeah. Uh, no. Nope. Not currently. Um, there could be some off-fringe card that isn't played. Yeah. But the actual playable cards, that's one of the few that can get information from their whole hand. Yeah. Um, I don't think we need to talk about how strong Abdul is, but if you need just a little insight, he is... All right, we're just going to say no to everything. That's that's pretty much what his other side says. Yeah. They could have they just wrote that. Say no to everything. Just stop any of your plays your opponent makes. Yep. Uh, something... If this deck gets ahead, I've, I hardly see them lose. Yeah. Hardly. Typically, I play... My favorite deck so far has been like a Bahamut Burn deck. Um, and against Abdul, I just sandbag Thunders. Like, Double Thunder always feels so good. Go ahead, flip your Abdul. I'm waiting for you to flip your Abdul so I can double Thunder it One and tap. get on with the rest of the game. Yep. You, just have to, you have to get rid of him. If he sits down for three turns, you're you're not winning that game. Because, like, Gia's Duray does nothing now. Blazer. Blazer's nothing. Oh, that's cool. I have an 11-11 without Swiftness now. Mm-hmm. But if you are looking against Charizard on the game one, you have to look for almost everything. Because those decks can just play any stones that they want. Yeah. And now they're this five color that can play some techie cards. Is Charizard flips and goes, find something. So you can prep for them very similarly because they can awfully times do the same thing. But Profit will board them, but main board Charizard decks are always a little different. Yes. I've seen people put a Ragnarok in because if they need to gain some life, they can just be like, all right, flip it. Like, a Ragnarok Charizard is a, is a 12 13. Yeah, why not? Doesn't die to crime. You have to have two removal spells. Yep. So it, it makes makes her a threat. That's weird thinking of a 7 8. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, she's usually not. Mm-hmm. She usually hangs back, and, like, if you you can dump your hand, and with the new standby ability, it's oh, easier it's to do that huge. now. That's another thing, if you are playing and don't know yet, you can just put cards into the standby zone. And if your opponent is doing that against you while they're, they're top decking, like, let's say they, they have one card in their hand and want to draw for Charizard. Oh, uh, this crime and punishment doesn't really do anything. Pay two, put it down. Tap Charizard, draw two. Yep. Like, you can just, you can see way more cards, and that's very, very huge. One of my favorite things I've ever seen, this is kind of off topic, I've ever seen with Charizard was a friend of ours, Jacob, played, mm-hmm. he had one card in hand. Stupid cat play. Played Cheshire Cat. So he had no cards in hand, right? With the trigger on the stack to look at the top two cards, he tapped Charizard, drew two, drew two looked at the top two, kept one, put one back. Yeah, he, he did that so against from... me. Oh, did he? Yeah, that was against me. Aww. Hey, I still beat him in the match and won that tournament. That's so, precious. Hey, that was a 
box and a half for like twenty bucks. I was, I was happy. Yeah, but he turned a he turned a zero card hand into he, three cards. He won that game because of that play. Oh, like yeah. my face, I was like legitimately like set back by how strong that play felt. Yeah, I was like I was so ahead. Um, I flip Pandora, took his hand, and he's looking at nothing. Top decks a cat, draws four cards, put one back. I'm now only two cards ahead of him. I think when he did that, uh, there were angels singing, like a chorus in the background. Oh, I was, I was. There's a tear. Trumpets. I didn't feel like crying, but a tear just came out. Just of my rolled eye. down your. Yeah, chin. I was like, yeah, that was, that was stunned. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. And lastly, I think we're gonna focus on Bahamut and Kane, the two mono color burn decks, so red. Um, they do like to do different things. Their creature lineup is a little different. Um, Kane obviously is not gonna play Gilly. No. But they're gonna have their one drops. They're gonna have Apostle. They're gonna have. Jubal and Jubal. Like, Jubal and Jabal. Yeah, if you want to get pronunciation wrong still. Either way, they are going to play these Cognates that they can then pump, but still play, like, some play Loop, some play this, some play that. Yeah. The lists are very hard to tie down because there are so many good red cards that you can just play because you're just one color. Yep. Uh, well, there are some Bahamut variants that play black, but That's I don't think true. they're as strong. Getting um, Flame is more. huge. Flame is that huge, is but I don't think it's 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 it might not be worth it. Yeah. Um yellow sign's very good. It is. That card's just good. It's every turn right, six hundred you, six hundred you. So like that card's very good, and that's why I think why people are playing it, but I don't think it is as strong as the just red decks. Right. Um I personally am the bigger fan of the Bahamut variants. He can gain imperishable and he doesn't die to flame when he slipped. Nope. Like I've just seen people go Aggressive Kane, the guy's just like flame. You accomplish absolutely nothing for that turn. And it's, I don't know, just getting set back by that just feels so weak. Like I've mentioned earlier, and it might have been the, the player, because the, I mean, the player wasn't exceptional. I'm not saying I'm great. But I was playing Bahamut, and this other guy's playing Kane, and he went like turn three, flip Kane, swing. I blocked with the hunter and then crimed him. Yeah. Cool. I've seen people just aggressively kill stuff, do damage, and just get their cane crimed. And I'm like, that's funny. I yeah. did have a guy um, sacrifice his blazer to kill, I think it was a feasting, something like that. So he just wanted to push through mm -hmm. because I feasting his blazer so it didn't do damage. And then, so he did the 11 to my feasting, not having another red resonator, and I just crimed his Bahamut Ooh. because it does the 11 damage. Ooh. Bahamut's the one doing damage, so you can just crime it. And it I was is. like, I just like won that game, because he like tried to play Blazer. I was just like, exceed it or Zeke's it, and then he just like lost himself the game. <laughs> I was like, it felt so good because he's like, oh my gosh, this little ten ten's gonna win me the game. And I was just like, that's awesome. Yeah, I do feel like Bahamut is a stronger. And like half the games, I don't even flip Bahamut. I don't think you need to. No, just like the, I do. Just the threat of finding dragons. Like Catterday, I flipped him once. Uh, I flipped him probably a total like three times all of Catterday. Mm -hmm. And one of it is because like, my opponent played a Bind of Gravity in my Blazer. Oh. Cool. Sack it. Yeah, now it's gone. Deal 11 damage to your Carmilla. And now I've got this like 10-10 flying imperishable kind of monstrosity. Mm -hmm. But I think we're going to wrap that up here today. Um, a lot of prep for regionals being covered. That's huge. Just just be prepared. That's the biggest thing I can I can stress. Next week, I think we'll be talking about more rulers. Maybe some more spoilers. Maybe. Maybe we can get a little bit more on the table. No, but new new stuff coming out every week. We'll be talking about whatever 
whatever big news enforceable, if some new ruling changes or there's some erratas that we can cover. Yeah. Who knows? And then we'll do some, uh, some more highlights. Mm-hmm. Spotlight a couple cards. Let you know what the secret inner tech of the game is. Throw some cool interactions in. Who yeah. knows? We'll talk about anything for so well. Yeah. And if you guys have something you want us to cover or advice or let us know how bad we are, uh, leave a comment below. And for Stacking the Chase, this is Kyle. And Ryan. See you next week. Bye-bye.